Hi, I'm Adri, and I'm going to tell you how Resto ruined his life. Hi, I'm going to talk about the prince that everyone ignored. Hi, I'm Darren, and my story is about how to spot a fake. Fake gold, that is. What do all of these stories have to do with the word validation? Find out in this episode of History Bluffs! Hello and welcome to another episode of History Bluffs, where truth is stranger than fiction. Please welcome to the show, it is your host, Gina. There she is in the moon box. Hello, everybody in the whole wide world. It's me, Gina Bobina. Uh, and we are at, you have found History Bluffs. History Bluffs is the online game show, podcast, or video stream, whatever you want to call it. But it's basically where we show you each week that truth can be actually stranger than fiction. Um, tonight, we have three historians that are going to tell you three different different stories. Uh, one of them will be uh, a bluff. One of them one will be just totally trying to trick you and fool you. Um, and uh, all of the stories will have something to do with the word validation, just like uh, Adam said. Uh, mm-hmm. So what we'll do is we'll say hello to our panelists. I'll tell you the rules, and then we'll just get started. Um, so let me tell you the rules first, and then we'll go right into the game. Um, the, the rules, throw out the rule card, Adam. Adam, the tech is playing with us tonight. Here comes the rules. Gina, you asked for them. Here they are. I asked for them. I got them, and there are only four. Um, The historians are inspired by the topic validation. True stories are factual, and they must be factual. Bluff, anybody bluffing can tell you um, it will be a bluff, but they can use factual things to bookend or make their story seem a little more plausible. And absolutely no audience help, please. Uh, we, we You can comment in the side, but if you have found the answer and you know one of us is telling the truth or lying, please do not reveal it to the other people because that just ruins the game and that's mean. So now we're going to go into the, the stories and such, and I just want to get to um, know the historians just a little bit. Um, like, for example, validation to me like means like, like, let's just take Patrick Mahomes killing it at the Super Bowl with a with a messed up high ankle. I mean, that guy played his little ass off, did he not? Um, <laughs> Chris, is there something in your life that like somebody validated something for you that you didn't know or that you didn't expect or that was really interesting for you? Um, for me, uh, my most rewarding validation comes little things that uh, I do that I don't think some people necessarily would notice and then uh, they notice it and it makes me just feel better. I love that. I really do. I'll like start your hat. paying attention more if you would like um, in case you're not getting that from me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We've been that for years. I don't need to validate you anymore. Um, Darren, uh, I would love to ask your opinion. Uh, Darren, have you uh, have you ever um, done something that made somebody else feel really good that you didn't know that you didn't expect it? And you're like, oh, that just that made them feel good in their soul. No. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, Adri. So, <laughs> I've also been friends with Darren, and I happen to know that that's true. Uh, so, Adri, let's move on. To, no, I'm really moving on to Adri. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Adri, if, in your world, in your in your life, what is something that makes you feel good? That makes you feel validated? Um, 
I really like it when I come across kids who have good manners. Oh, that's really sweet. Any yeah. particular reason why? Like, were you a shitty kid? No, no, no. I was top notch. I was top notch. Um, okay. Yeah, I just, I just think it's really validating as a parent when you teach your child to say thank you without having to tell them to say thank you or please or open the door for older people. Like, I, I just really like that and uh, mm-hmm. hope to be that kind of parent someday. Yeah, yeah, so, I hope you okay. are too. I hope that That's you were. Good. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like you were not that kind of a child, even though mm-hmm. I was trying to pull some things out of you. But because um, I, I don't, you're well, the let one me tell you. as well. I what? keep trying to teach my dogs to say please and thank you, and they are not spudging. So yeah, I will tell you if you do, though, that you've got something. I mean, that's something even beyond validation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I love that. And then um, something that makes me feel valid is when people say, no, Gina, you don't have a funny voice, but they never do. And so <laughs> we're going to actually now move into the show. The show will start in this order. We're going to go Chris, Adri, Darren for the first round. The show is divided into three rounds. Adam, throw up the round uh, meter on the top of the, the screen please oh yeah the round tracker 9000 patent pending yeah patent pending exactly it's um basically this tracks the rounds um everybody will have one chance to speak in each round there will be three rounds and they the rounds will get successively shorter as we go um the first round will be 75 seconds and chris your story somehow related to validation will start as soon as you get to the center square and hear the boom oh that means we are beginning round number one <laughs> All right, let's get Chris into the hot spot. All there right. he is, and Chris, your cannon shot comes now. Well, I'm going to take us across the pond and back in time. The 1745 Jacobite Rebellion in Scotland was a turning point in British history. The Stuart Dynasty from Scotland in 1370, Charles Edward Stuart, believed the British throne was his birthright and planned to invade from his exile in France with his Jacobite followers and remove the hand-usurped King George II, who was sitting on the throne at the time. Charles raised, you see, as a king-in-waiting. His grandfather, James VII of James II of England, same guy, uh, the Rome, last Roman Catholic monarch of Scotland, England, and Ireland, had been me, deposed from the throne in 1688. Charles Edward Lewis John Casimir Sylvester Maria Stuart in exile in Rome in 1720, about 32 years after his grandfather was deposed, uh, in the thrones of Scotland, England, and Ireland for his father, James III. This was still the age of the Stuarts believed that they were answerable only to God. Well, Prince Charles was looking for validation of this. The Hanovers and the uh, followers of King George II disagreed. Oh, you left us right on a cliffhanger. Adri, what do you think about that story? So I don't know if if if, uh, if you were freezing for other people, but I think there was a point where you froze for me, but you were in the middle of saying like 27 consecutive first names. Was it <laughs> intentional or or was that the, the streaming? <laughs> well, that, and then it was a mixture intentional, of uh, male and female it, it, names. So. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It was like Gladys yeah, it was, and... It was seven... Seven, well, one, five middle names and a last name who also happens to sound like a first name. Stuart was the last okay. name. Okay. Does one of them a girl's name? Yes, Maria. <laughs> You're making your story more and more plausible, Chris, by the second. Mm. <laughs> Adrian, were you finished or did you have more? Because that was a great no, that's, that's, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> 
Dara, what are what are your thoughts about Chris's uh, <laughs> attempt at a story? <laughs> well, I, I hate to support a, a person who's a potential bluffer, but uh, Chris is just showing off at his knowledge of all the names of someone more popularly known as Bonnie Prince Charlie. <laughs> yes. How did you know that? Darren's so smart. I mean, you, that's amazing. But you are supporting his story right now, um, as does the TV show Outlander. Uh, okay, so sure. now we're going to go. I mean, oh, it yeah. is true. <laughs> so our, our uh, second historian this evening is going to be Adri. And Adri, we would like to start your story at the boom. Okay. All right, get ready. The boom is coming. Here we go. All right, so my story is titled How Resto Ruined the Rest of His Life. And the way I got to the story was validation led me to valid, led me to invalid, led me to scandals, which led me to the ridiculous story of Louis Resto. Louis Resto was a New Yorkian boxer in the 1980s with a promising career uh, filled with many ups and downs. Uh, and at the time the story takes place, his record was 19 wins, seven losses, three draws and eight knockouts. That's relevant because the eight knockouts really isn't that much, which means he didn't have a powerful punch. He wasn't known for just you know, having like a rocket of an arm, he was known for like his endurance and being able to stay in the fight and wearing down his opponent. On this particular day, his opponent was boxer Irish Billy Collins. Um, and uh, he he had an even brighter future. Um, at the time of the story, he had 14 wins, zero losses and 11 knockouts, which means he had a more powerful arm and he was expected to win this fight. Um he was considerably better than Resto. Uh, the fight took place on June 16th, 1983 at Madison Square Garden. And um, uh, straight out of the gate, Resto was knocking Billy Collins out of the gate. And I'm going to continue with that story uh, in round two. Okay. Um, so in, in, the ter in terms of uh, the story back then, this was 1963. Is that when you said it was? 1983. 1983. I'm so sorry about that. That's yes. very cool. And um, this man, I like your uh, your clever use of the do 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 transition. Uh, that was really good. Uh, okay. Major story. Incredibly intellectual, and I appreciate that. Chris, what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> Jimmy, well, yeah, it was a pretty. I mean, just like I used uh, uh, several names for for Bonnie Prince Charles. Uh, she used about seven connecting words to get to her. Uh, inspiration for the story so kudos uh, yes. for that um Thank you. uh and and uh <laughs> but i actually am from new york uh, and i was in new york in the 80s so i'm trying to think back if uh i remember uh resto or collins so i'll think about that and i'll get back to you yeah oh wow. so he's reserving the right to vote i see that i'm trying to remember his uh his memory there um good luck with that chris Darren, I wanted to I wanted to ask of your thoughts for her, uh, for Adri's story. I know nothing about boxing, so I'm tricked either way. I uh, I'm very uh, suspicious about this character named Irish Billy Collins, as <laughs> to make sure he's not confused with like German Billy Collins or Russian <laughs> Billy Collins or Egyptian Billy Collins or something. Yeah, like, that just seems like an unnecessary <laughs> qualifier for someone named Billy Collins. Yeah, and, <laughs> and just so you know, he was actually from Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, God. <laughs> as are as are many Irish people. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> well um, known for its Irish roots, the Tennessee. <laughs> yes, the, the Nashville people, very much. Um, so that is Adri's first part of her story. So we we will uh, see the rest of her story in the ensuing rounds, um, which leads me to Darren. So Darren gets to tell the first part of his story whenever the boom happens now. Okay, here it comes. Okay, dear listeners, uh, with all the uncertainty in the financial world, world financial markets today, like recessions and the price of eggs, it's natural to search for investments that are safe and certain. And uh, throughout history, even going all the way back to the pharaohs of Egypt, there's one asset that financiers have coveted above anything else. And of course, I'm talking about gold. It's the subject of pretty much every Hardy Boy mystery book and two Nicolas Cage cinematic masterpieces, National Treasure and National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. <laughs> but here's the thing about gold, uh, because gold is so valuable and so sought after, gold is one of the most faked items there is. So if, say, you're like the president and somebody gives you a supposedly solid gold toilet, how do you know if you're just getting <laughs> fool's gold or a toilet with lead in the middle or just white? porcelain spray painted with gold spray paint so fortunately there are as many ways to spot fake gold and validate that it's real as there are ways to make fake gold so in the next segments i'm going to tell you how to spot fake gold and not get ripped off okay well so his time's up now um i want to know how to spot fake gold before i'm sitting down to take a pee um that's i'm just saying that out loud um chris your thoughts please certainty in investing nothing is certain in investing uh and you and any respectable investor knows that going in there's risk it's inherent in investing uh and then you know national treasure and national treasure too that's what you're, those are the movies you're rep. Uh, wow. Spotting, spotting fake gold is, is not the only thing that we'll have to spot in this round. And as well as the, the entire canon of Hardy Boys mystery books. <laughs> I, feel like I, I, uh, I feel like I lost um, a little bit of uh, respect for Darren's story when he referred to those as cinematic masterpieces. Oh. <laughs> <That was> <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> You know, Gina, you know, Gina, sometimes Nicolas Cage is the national tre treasure we found on the way. Yeah, I know. He's the national oh. treasure we deserve. He's we the deserve. He is the national <laughs> treasure <laughs> we deserve. <laughs> uh, sorry, I cut in. Was that You're right. There, I'm sorry, I cut in. You're right. We need to hear from Adrian on this story. No, no, Adam, I want to hear from you, too. Anytime during this show, if you have to, I'm going to go to you, in fact, after each All right. Time. All right. <laughs> all right. I'll, although the audience, in all fairness, should know. I and I alone know who the bluff is, but I will give my neutral, unbiased, objective viewpoint. Yes, you should give neutral and unbiased. And also keep in mind that Adam is dealing with all of the lights and sound effects. And so just in case he might not hear everything. So his his uh, his comments might be funnier than ours. OK, Adri, your thoughts on uh, Darren's story. Well, I have no comment about the story yet, um, yes. but I do want to say I have seen National Treasure like 50 times. I watch it literally all the time. I love it. I love Nicolas Cage and his terrible <laughs> acting. So for right now, Darren's the bluff. Just because he oh, had nothing oh. good to say about it. Just because he's ruined Nicolas Cage. I said he was a cinematic masterpiece. But you had you had sarcasm in your tone, sir. You did. Oh, man. I read every Hardy Boys book, too. So I did, too. And I they're all about smuggling. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's true. 
Wait, what did you say, Darren? I missed that last one. They're all about smuggling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now um, this brings us, <laughs> you know, this is the, 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 it brings us to the end of the first round, which means that we have to go into the next round. Adam, take us there. Let's go to round two. Yay, and the stakes couldn't be higher because what we're going to do now is we're going to shorten the amount of time that they have to tell their story, which really only affects you guys in the listening audience. I'm just kidding. They have to go faster. <laughs> and so now I would like to now also split, uh, make the order a little bit different. So mm. we started that first one with uh, Chris, and now we're going to start with Adri. Adri, bring us home with your round two of your story. Okay. Or at least halfway home. Here we go. Yeah. So straight out of the gate, Resto shocked the crowd and the commentators with the power of his hits that was having a really big effect on Billy Collins. Like instantly he started uh, welting up. His eyes started getting super swollen. He was bleeding like the whole night. Uh, Collins struggled to stay on his feet, but lasted 10 rounds. And when the fight ended by unanimous vote, they voted that Resto had won the fight. Um, after the fight, Resto went over to Colin's corner, was giving him a hug. He gave him a kiss, you know, just real good sportsmanship stuff. And he went to go uh, give uh, Collins's trainer, who was also his dad, a handshake. And when his dad grabbed the glove, he felt that there was padding missing. So immediately he called the commissioner over. He's like, commissioner, like there's padding missing from this glove, which is an unfair advantage. So basically when... Um, Collins was getting hit. He was basically getting bare knuckle hit, uh, which was affecting him, and it threw off the whole game. I will tell you the rest in round three. Oh my gosh, that would make a difference because those things are giant. Like if this is my hand, this is how big a glove is. Like they're ridiculously yeah. giant, so that would be and mean. So the reason okay. for that is because the padding kind of absorbs a lot of the, the power of the strike, and it's for the safety of the boxer to be hit with padding versus bone basically yeah wow so wow okay chris what are your thoughts well the first in my head was vito uh who was now in the 80s for taking a beating and staying there and staying up and getting you know not being able to be knocked down um so i suspect if billy collins irish billy collins as darren pointed out um <laughs> is uh is made up i think he to Fermo because I in a fight and get just bat battered and he never went down. So I suspect so far this is false. If this is a bluff, that Vito Anafermo is the inspiration for Irish Billy Collins because Vito Anafermo is Italian. So he's throwing in the, you might be using a misdirection different names. Oh, I love it. Um, Darren, Darren, what say you? I'm actually, as I'm listening to this, uh, I'm just very interested that you didn't do a story involving Rocky with a name like Adri. Yo, Adri! <laughs> oh, oh, man. I get, that. I get that a lot. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's right there. Oh, I mean, my no. God, the reason might be the reason why I really like boxing movies and stuff. <laughs> I watch all of them. All of them. Are you saying, uh, Adrian? Are you saying you get that's your way of getting validation? <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, so Darren, Darren, AU, will you go uh, at this point now? <laughs> oh my god you did that you did that oh, wow. thank you gina 
I'll go. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right, Darren. Here we go. Round two. Okay, so probably the most famous method of determining if gold is real or not was invented by Archimedes. Uh, the story goes that King Midas had just bought a new solid gold crown, presumably using whatever the ancient Greek equivalent of Etsy was. And then he gets some buyer's remorse and starts thinking it's a fake. So he calls up court favorite Archimedes, who walks in, you know, dripping wet from the back bathtub, because, you know, when the king calls, you don't stop to dry off. And uh, Archimedes takes the crown with him, fills the bathtub back up to finish his bath, and he accidentally drops the crown in the bathtub. And boom, he, he discovered buoyancy. And he figures that a fake crown isn't as heavy as a real crown. And when hardly any water comes out of the tub, he knows it's a fake. And so the next thing you know, the goldsmith gets the worst punishment the Greeks had, which is a one-star review on Etsy. Nah, I'm just kidding. He got beheaded. <laughs> oh, that's not. Oh, no. If the crown was heavy, that meant it was real? Wait, say that again? Correct. So a fake crown wouldn't be as heavy as a real crown. So And it didn't push out as much water. So he knew it was a fake. Oh, wow. Chris, what do you think? I think I remember part of this story on a Saturday morning cartoon when I was a kid. And I the same age. And he remembers this story, too. And he's repackaged it to fit this show. Oh, well, I mean, that's a smart that's a smart way to go if it was if it was famous enough to be on TV. Why not for this show? Um, but does that make it a bluff? It could be. Adri, what do you think? I'm I'm heavily distracted by things like equivalent to ancient Greeks Etsy and the references <laughs> to uh, national treasure. I just feel like there's a lot of fluff going on. Um, so I'm sticking with Darren as my suspicion. I agree, uh, Adri. And it's not the crown that's heavy. It's the head that wears it. We all know uh, that. So, I mean, we got to move, though. Um, we got to move through to the end of the round. And we have one more person who is wait, not Gina, wait. What? <laughs> I just want to retell the phrase court favorite Archimedes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that one got me. The reason he was favored is because he just skipped his baths to do whatever the just hell they picture want. Picture these old guys like, hey, it's Archimedes. It's our boy. Okay. I I'm mean, done. they're all walking around naked back then. Well, that's true. I like the detail. You know what? That does lend either credibility or <laughs> holes in your story that you knew the detail that he had gotten out of the bath. <laughs> like he, he got out of the bath, didn't dry off. That didn't dry off. Yeah. Like he <laughs> and and, right and there. No, nobody have our fact license anymore. <laughs> oh, Archimedes bath time. <laughs> and the fact is. that he's the court favorite, I, I picture him being like Norman Cheers, but he walks in, everybody's like, Archimedes! Archimedes. Hey. Uh, they're like, oh, he's here. Yeah, it's Archimedes. <laughs> oh. He hasn't right. write shit down back then. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Okay, well, Where do we go I from there? Uh, but great. I would watch that sitcom. What's that? I would, I would watch that I think we should make it. I think that's, that's what this is telling us. <laughs> okay, so I think that we have yet to hear from one more person in this round. I think that was Chris, correct? Was that right? Yep. Yep, okay, Chris. Then it is your turn to go. We'll give you uh, uh, however many seconds on the clock. 60 seconds for round <laughs> two. 60, Gina. Starting now. All right. So 
Charles' father, James III, who still believed himself to be king, uh, regent, uh, and he authorized Charles to act for his father in all things. So Prince Charles secretly wooed donations from Scottish and Irish Catholics, known as Jacobites, and sought to raise an army to fight the House of Hanover, who William II uh, of England was from the House of Canada. So, however, the Scottish Parliament at that point had already agreed to adopt William as their king in favor of Charles's father, James, who was in exile because they got land and all that. So, as so Prince Charles covertly traveled to Scotland to meet with various clans in the Highlands, but the Highlands clan, who had for generations held true to their oaths loyal to the Scottish Stuart line, had been the focal point of a recent uprising in Scotland, and they were ordered under the threat of death to swear their loyalty to the new to their new King William. And they all did except for the MacDonald clan because they missed a deadline. Just as it's my deadline for that round. So oh, all right. So the McDonald clan. I mean, I love their burgers, so I hope they win in this. All right. Darren, <laughs> what do you think, please? He said they were wooing people for money. He's like, give us money. Woo! <laughs> I think they do. Don't I'm sorry, they're, they're Scottish. Just woo! Like, <laughs> Scott's gone wild. Hold on. Spot on. I felt like I was there. Um, Adrian, what are your thoughts, please? Well, I was waiting to hear about King Guadalupe, and then McDonald's got thrown in there, and Jacobite, which I all I keep thinking about is that song that's Jacobel. You know what I mean? So I'm just. <laughs> Another round of distractions by words that aren't fitting together. So I'm, that, I'm all over the place. <laughs> yeah, the words that just aren't fitting together. Um, also, like your rebuttal, I just can't. It doesn't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I. <laughs> Nothing's right, going on up here. That is a lot going on. Which I mean, that much stuff indicates to me that we are finished with round two, which leads us into Adam. Round number three. <laughs> Now this, this is the best round of the show because this is where it all comes together. And at the end of this, you get to vote who you uh, think is telling the truth and who you think is bluffing. So I'm going to start in the um, in the order that we didn't at the start. So Chris, have you gone first yet? I don't think so. Yes, right? I have. Oh, you did go did. first. Darren, that would mean you get to go first I this round. I have not round. gone first yet. That's right. No, I know, right? That's why it's you. So feel yeah. free to go at the boom. You get 45 seconds. Okay, so the Archimedes method is cool, but it's kind of hard to carry a bathtub around with you. And so you can do something much easier and safer. You can carry acid around with you. So I'm talking about the acid test. And to be clear, it's sulfuric acid, not LSD. So don't make that mistake. Because with LSD, the little guy in the gold coin starts talking to you. Um, <laughs> So with the real acid test, you put a drop of concentrated sulfuric acid on the gold coin. And if it's real, nothing will happen because gold is a noble metal. It doesn't react with things. But if the metal is fake, the acid will eat a hole right through the coin. And so uh, just don't do this on your mom's nice table. I've learned that <laughs> the hard way. So what you're saying is um, that that's why... Kings wear gold crowns because it's a noble. You said it. I didn't. Okay, good, good, good. Chris, your thoughts. <laughs> well, 
I think Darren's story of the acid test doesn't pass the smell test. Ooh. It does smell pretty bad. Oh. 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 Smell. Yes, 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 oh, boy. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, Adri, what, what about you? What do you think about that? Because we know exactly what Chris thinks. <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that on his first example, it was as easy as dropping in a tub. Who doesn't have a tub? But then on his second example, it's hard to uh, argue that because who has sulfuric acid to test the theory out? So he's carrying that around. He carried a bathtub around there. Mm. All right, Adam, what do you think? Oh, geez. I I think I think uh, this is a golden opportunity to really hold oh. it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Give yourself no. a trombone. Tech Adam, don't meddle in our show. Oh, that's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> I think, Guys, uh, there's know. some facts we need to iron out. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. Oh, there it, man, this is this is heavy. This is <clears throat> pretty dense. <laughs> Going stuff. downhill fast. Uh, sure so now it's our turn to move on. And we're going to go to Chris for this next round. Um, so you can tell us your last round of your story as soon as the boom starts. All right. So with less money and fewer men than he had hoped, Charles decided to move forward anyway. The whole plan culminated in 1746 at the hands of the Duke of Cumberland who commanded the Hanoverian Scottish rebels were soundly defeated Charles fled to Rome in disgrace Prince Charles lived for another 42 years after the defeat at Culloden but he was never for any further attempts to reclaim the throne not only that but his, his own father who he was fighting for and his brother eventually pledged loyalty to the House of Hanover Spoke to that again, and he never got the validation to his perceived birthright to the throne. Now, this man lived 42 more years. He did, he did. Where did he like in exile or something? Or in, like, in, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Um, uh, we're gonna go to Adam first on this one. Adam, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, the only thing I know about the Cumberlands are the farms. And uh, I go off and uh, get some unleaded and maybe yep, uh, yep. Uh, a sweaty <laughs> hot dog from the rollers. That's all I know about the Cumberlands. And uh, to me, that lends all the validity Chris needs. Yeah, yes. And Chris's story is true. Adam said it. Adri, what are your thoughts? <laughs> well, I'm currently reading uh, Prince Harry's book uh, called Spare. And I think Chris is too because he referenced pretty much everyone in that book. Um, so I don't know who's bluffing anymore. I'm, I'm confused. I'm a confused lost soul. That's all I got. Adri pouring it out right here. All, all vulnerable and stuff. I'm a confused lost soul. Darren, your thoughts. Well, I didn't hear anything about men wearing skirts or sheep. And those <laughs> are, you know, pretty much in any story about Scotland, but but mostly he talked about Culloden, which I, I, I think he meant Culligan, which are the people who make the uh, water, like the big jugs. But you can also get to Cumberland Farms. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you totally. Yes. Yeah. Or you could, um, or you could also put sulfuric acid in them. Was uh, I? Oh. Yes, yes. Not in a drink. That's what makes them unleaded. Um, so, uh, so that is really interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's true or not, so we will learn something at the end. And so we go to our last player for the last round of the last part of the show. And that will be our friend Adri. Adri, take us home. 
All right, here we go. All right, lots to cover. Uh, the commissioner came over, he removed the gloves, they impounded the gloves, and then did an investigation. When they opened it up, they did in fact find that there was padding missing, but on top of that, they found that the glove had been filled with uh, plaster, which then turned into basically concrete. So on top of not having any padding, Billy uh, Collins was basically getting hit with concrete fists. Um, Resto was banned from boxing. He was arrested and charged with assault, criminal possession of a weapon, which his gloves turned out to be a weapon, and conspiracy. He served two years and a half in jail, and his trainer, his name was Panama Lewis, um, he was actually the person that orchestrated all of this. He denied it until he was dead, and Resto eventually, after 25 years of denying it, said that he knew the whole plan, and he confessed and apologized to the family. The family never accepted the apology. Oh my God. So like 20, 30 something years before inflate gate, we had concrete gate. Oh my yeah. God. This yeah. is crazy. Darren, your thoughts. Panama Lewis. I'm supposed to believe <laughs> that. I mean, I get it. It, it would be very Well, no, he's, he's really from Panama, Panama Lewis. But, <laughs> he's just like yeah. Irish Billy. I mean, yeah. Irish Billy and Panama Lewis. Yes. <laughs> Panama then, Jack. And they're telling me they, they exactly Panama Jack makes much more sense, oh. but they impounded the gloves. Oh, come on! Uh, <laughs> oh Chris. my god, <laughs> Chris, I'd like to hear your take on this because you're a sports aficionado, at least as far as history blows is concerned. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. I, uh, similar to Darren, I can't, uh get past the uh, the nickname Panama Lewis. It just if it was like Panama Lou or Panama Louis, Panama Lewis, it seems like really casual and very formal and they just don't gel well together. Kind of like Adri's three rounds of stories. Oh, ooh, oh. <laughs> yes, because I think it is Panama Louis. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Adam, your thoughts, please, um, on the on Adri's round, and then we'll get your thoughts on the whole show later. Oh, well, you see, because I grew up in the town of Lisbon, Maine, which is home to Joe Graziano, the uh, welterweight boxing champion, whose family yeah. then later opened an Italian restaurant, which I ate at. Therefore, I'm a boxing <laughs> expert. <laughs> Naturally. Therefore? And uh, I think this very much echoes the drama of the boxing world. This uh, this is a lot of a lot of uh, factual basis. I mean, boxing is drama. It I mean, live fighting attracts drama. That is a fact. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that is uh, that is a fact. In fact, and this is the fact. Also, is that this is part of the show where we are going to learn who uh, what the other players think about who they really think is bluffing. They have to vote, and so we'll start with Chris. Chris, who do you think is tonight's history bluff? Um, live fighting attracts drama. That was an interesting comment from from Adam because drama sometimes fighting. So. Uh, there's a little bit of the thing there, but I, I'm having uh, this is really tough for me because I think I saw holes in both stories, but I am going to go with the uh, the acid caused hole in Aaron's story. Um, the I think the uh, sulfuric acid just went right through the validity of his story, uh, <laughs> and uh, I am going to say that Darren, in my opinion, is the bluff. Ooh, that was a searing testimony. Let's see what Adri has to say. Um, wow. For the first time since I've been on this show, I am truly stumped. 
And I'm basically just gonna eeny, meeny, miny, mow it and go with Chris as the bluff. Ooh, she didn't even finish it. She didn't nah. even know. <laughs> we don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Chris is, is, has one vote. Darren has one vote. Um, Darren, what do you think? I mean, be truthful. Don't, like, you know, give it to Adri just because that would make for interesting shows. It would just, you know. Well, you know, I'm giving it to Adri because I feel like oh. there was more factual info about boxing in Adam's discussion than in her entire story. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, Joe Graziano, now there's a boxer. Oh, yeah, he was good. Oh, that was like a big punch in the face with concrete. No, I have no idea if it was any good, Adam, but I was like, that's a boxer name if I ever heard one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a boxer name. Adam, I mean, I know you know, but if you were just listening, unbiasedly didn't know, who sounds like they're BSing? Oh, well, you know, the other thing about boxing in the world of live fighting, it is full of drama, but it is also full of amazing outlandish names and stories of intrigue. And you could hide a bluff very easily within those weeds. So that's, I mean, that's where, I mean, that would be the one that sticks out if I had to say that non-biasedly. Okay, so if you had to pick and you didn't know ahead of time, that's who you would pick. Um, If I had to pick and I don't know ahead of time, I would have to say that I think that Darren did it because I think he changed probably one teeny weeny detail and it's a kind of acid. Um, But I don't know. So we shall see um, because right now we... Oh, actually, I'm going to step out of the feed because Adam is the only one who knows and he's going to tell you right now. Oh, that's true. All right. All right, I've got my three historians lined up to find out, was the bluff tonight Chris? Was the bluff Adri? Or was the bluff Darren? I will reveal that the bluff this whole time tonight has been Darren! Well done. Wow, what a close show. All the stories were so believable, really. <laughs> oh, man, Darren, that was good. Was it just the one little change or is there is the whole thing? like a? a uh, the, I did change the acid, and but also the way buoyancy works is the reverse of the way I described it. A, a fake crown would actually displace more water. Oh, so Darren tricked us all tonight. So, um, and Darren had oh. the least. I picked That's him. right. Chris voted for him. No, no, he I did. think Darren, Darren had the least amount of votes aside from Chris, um, uh, but I had no votes, uh, and neither did mm, I. I'm just kidding. I did. All right, Gina wins. What's that? You win. <laughs> I know. It's like a, oh, no, hey, Gina so wins. Right. I feel like I learned something cool. I feel like now I don't have to watch Outlander anymore. Like, all the oh, things. thank God. Um, thanks so much for coming. Adam, take us away. Take us home. Thanks, everybody in TV. All oh, right. Oh, Gina, thank you so much for hosting. And I'll tell you what, this has been History Bluffs. We're here every week. Tune in, and you're going to learn something. You'll also learn his bluffing. See you then. Mm-hmm.